Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Thank you for spending some time with us. Today we have a special announcement about the expansion of this daily program, and Marvin McIlvaney has a Bible in the News report. Staff evangelist James Collins is here to visit with Michael Samuel Smith about his new DVD, John the Baptist, Forerunner of Jesus. In Luke 7:28, the Lord Jesus Christ said of John the Baptist, For I say unto you, among those that are born of a woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Now that is quite a compliment. Think about what the Lord Jesus said. He said among all the prophets who have ever been born of a woman, now that would be Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Hosea, Jacob, and Moses. Jesus said, among them that are born of a woman, there is none greater than John the Baptist. Now, if the Lord thought that much of John the Baptist, it would be wise for us as Christians to understand as much as possible about him. And we have a brand new resource available that will help you do just that. With me in the studio today is Michael Samuel Smith. Mike is a prophecy researcher and Bible teacher. Over the years, he has produced some excellent films that explore the 66 books of the Bible. Some of his top-selling DVDs include The Samson Paradox, Crossing Jordan to Reach Jericho, The Next Rapture, The Mystery of the Red Heifer, American Destiny 400 Years, and Joseph in Egypt. His latest teaching film is titled John the Baptist, Forerunner of Jesus, and I'm excited to have him here today to talk about it. Welcome to the program, Brother Mike. Well, thank you, Dr. Collins. It's always a great honor to be here at uh, Southwest Radio, and God bless this ministry. Well, now, you and I met a couple of years ago at a prophecy conference, and we struck up a friendship, so I know a little bit about you. And certainly many of our regular listeners are familiar with you because you've been on the Watchman on the Wall program many, many times. But we have recently been added to the programming lineup on over 180 new Christian radio stations, so there may be some new listeners who are not familiar with you and your ministry. Would you take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself? Spiritually speaking, I grew up in the Northeast in New England and was born into an Italian family. I was brought up in a liturgical type church that was not Bible-based. I did have a very close walk with Christ up to the time that I was 18 years old, but I really didn't have any Bible foundation. When I was 13 years old, I had a good idea what I wanted to do in life, and I knew the Lord was calling me into being a pilot. I was working on different pilot licenses, and a couple months after I finished high school, I had acquired a commercial pilot's license. And I had already worked things out to where I would enter the Army about three months after I finished high school, which I did, and I was accepted to Army Flight School. So I became a pilot in the Army, spent a couple tours in Vietnam flying surveillance aircraft, actually flew fixed wing, not rotary wing back then, then was rotary wing qualified. I ended up flying nine type airplanes and three type helicopters later in my career. I flew for a total of 20 years, a little over 20 years in the Army and also served in Germany and three tours in Korea and Central America as well. The next day after I retired from the Army, I was accepted to American Airlines as a pilot there, and I had the opportunity to fly the Super 80 or DC-9, 
flew that aircraft for 25 years there, had a total of 26 years at American Airlines, served as a captain the last 17 years, and retired five years ago when I was 65 years old. I would like to say on the spiritual front, I've been teaching and sharing prophecy since 1976, taught Sunday school and participated in prison ministry for a number of years as well. My second tour in Korea, by the way, we did adopt our daughter. She was a one-year-old girl. Her name is Amy, and Amy was very sick. It took her about five years to get well. She today is a professor at a Christian university in Waxahachie, Texas, acquired her PhD about a year ago, and her and her husband are professors there. My wife and I have been married uh, over 46 years. Well, great. Uh, I uh, want to thank you for your service, and uh, I say hua because I was also an Army vet, and so I appreciate you. You know, my wife and I watched this awesome teaching video the other night. We really enjoyed it, and you said in the video that you spent three years researching the John the Baptist story. What prompted you to do that? Well, for many years, I felt that there were many dots that were not connected about the John the Baptist story. I knew the Bible talked about him 700 years before he was born, and I knew people need to learn much more about him and his ministry. I think our DVD connects a number of dots most people never knew before and will give them a much better appreciation about John's purpose. We also talk about modern baptism and the role it plays in our lives. Well, now, who was John the Baptist, and what was the purpose of his ministry? The purpose of John was to be, quote, the sign to Israel that Messiah had come. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that everyone might believe through him. John wasn't the light, but came to testify about the light. In your DVD, you seem to think there is a mission statement from God associated with the parents' names of John the Baptist. What did you mean by that? Well, we know that John's mother's name is Elizabeth. When translated from Hebrew or Greek to English, it means God is an oath. That's O-A-T-H, God is an oath. Of course, John's father's name is Zacharias, which is Zechariah in the Old Testament, And his name means God has remembered. When you combine his mother's and father's names, you get God has remembered his oath. And I do believe that's a last day revelation. Amazing. Well, you made the claim in your DVD that the first mention of John the Baptist in the Bible was over 700 years before his actual birth. Tell me about that. Well, John is first mentioned in Isaiah chapter 40. This chapter describes the prophecy about John in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 and 4. That prophecy is actually fulfilled in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. By the way, Isaiah chapter 40 contains a description of John as well as Christ, the future Messiah. My guest in the studio is prophecy researcher and Bible teacher Michael Samuel Smith. We are talking about his new DVD, John the Baptist, Forerunner of Jesus. It is a great teaching DVD, a lot of information, and it's designed where it can be viewed in the home or it's short enough to be viewed in a Sunday school class. And so it's a really great resource, and and you'll be blessed by getting a copy of that. And we're talking about John the Baptist. Brother Mike, we're all familiar with Jesus being 30 years old when he was baptized by John, but you say John started his ministry only six months before Jesus' baptism. Now, how would you know that? 
Well, to start with, we know that John is six months older than Jesus because Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says so. That is a major clue in the story. When you go into the law in the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 4, verse 3 and verse 23 tells us the age of priesthood goes from 30 to 50 years old in both of those scriptures. Keep in mind the average age of a man back in those days probably averaged around 42 years old. Did you know the average age of an American man in the year 1900 was 47 years old, believe it or not? And that data was extracted from life insurance statistics, which were very accurate back in the day. By the way, the number 30 in the Bible is the number of consecration. Now you know why John and Jesus could not begin their ministry until 30 years old. Well, John the Baptist, the Bible says he had an unusual diet. Did he really eat locusts and wild honey? Well, yes, he actually did because Matthew chapter 3, verse 4 says so. But the reason for that is because locust and honey under the law were a clean food. By the way, honey is an unperishable food, and its purity reflects the purity of God's word. John the Baptist also had a strange wardrobe. Tell me about his choice of clothes. Matthew chapter 3, verse 4 tells us his clothes were made of camel's hair, and he wore a leather belt. The whole idea was John would live a life of humility as well as portray a simple lifestyle. Brother Mike, you stated in your film that Jesus himself said John the Baptist was the greatest man who ever lived. You also said Jesus stated John the Baptist was the greatest prophet who ever lived. Those are huge statements to make, Brother Mike. If you don't mind me asking, can you prove that? Well, that's a good question. There's no question that these are very huge attributes Jesus said of John. That's not from anyone's commentary at all. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 11, 11. You might want to write that one down. And John was the greatest man that ever lived, and you'll find that. And in Luke chapter 7, verse 28, Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest prophet that ever lived. There was one more mission statement that Jesus gave to John, and that he was a burning and shining light. John Chapter 5, verse 35, the light of John was like a wick in an oil lamp. His light illuminated the path to Jesus, who was the great light. The reason John was the greatest man who ever lived was because the Holy Spirit was upon him at conception, and he was to be the forerunner of Jesus, to announce to the world that Jesus was truly the long-awaited Messiah. So John came on the scene at a very crucial time. And the reason John was the greatest prophet who ever lived was because Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3, 4, and 5 prophesied 700 years in advance that John would introduce the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world, which were fulfilled, in fact, in Matthew chapter 3. There may be someone listening to our program today, right here, right now, and you may be listening and you don't know what it means to have Jesus as your Savior and Lord. John the Baptist was the forerunner to prepare the way for the Savior and the Lord. Brother Mike, would you please take a moment and tell our listeners how they can receive Jesus Christ? Yes, I'll be happy to do that. It can be as simple as A, B, and C. A, admit that you are a sinner in need of forgiveness, Romans 3 and 23 tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And C, confess Jesus as Lord of your life. Romans 10 and 9 tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And you know, in December 1974, those concepts changed my life. You know, I had a very exciting life, 20 years as a military pilot, 26 years as a major airline pilot. It's a lot of experiences in life, but I want you to know that serving the Lord these last 46 years has been even more exciting than that. So I've found true happiness. There's a lot of people in need of happiness, and they're not gonna find it in the world. And just as I found it in Christ, they can find it in Christ too. And may the Lord richly bless you and those people that are listening. We've been talking about John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, and we're going to have Brother Mike back on the program with us tomorrow. Uh, Thanks again for joining me today, and we look forward to talking with you once again tomorrow. God bless you, and thank you. Been talking with Brother Michael Samuel Smith about his new DVD titled John the Baptist, Forerunner of Jesus. Now, this DVD is filled with great teaching. The video is tailored to be used in a Sunday school class or watched at home. And so you can take advantage of our special offer and get your copy today. James will continue his conversation with Michael Smith next time. If you'd like an audio copy of this program, call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. There are many lessons we can learn from the story of John the Baptist. Michael Smith spent three years researching the life and times of John the Baptizer and found that a great deal about his life is not well known. In the DVD, John the Baptist, Forerunner of Jesus, Michael Smith presents the most detailed story ever written about the life of John the Baptist. Jesus said in the Bible that John was the greatest man who ever lived. Well, what prompted Jesus to say that? In this DVD, you will see where John was imprisoned and actual photos of the palace where he was held and executed. Many will be surprised by how much they never knew about this subject. This DVD has been tailored so that it can be used in a Sunday school class or a home setting. So order your copy of John the Baptist, Forerunner of Jesus, today for a gift of $20 or more. Get a copy for you, your church, and your extended family. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. We are so excited to announce that this daily program is now available as a podcast. You can now listen to insightful interviews, current events from a biblical perspective, and prophecy that helps you make sense of the world around you as a podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Watchmen on the Wall on your favorite podcast platform. Watchmen on the Wall daily podcast is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, and TuneIn. Watchmen on the Wall daily podcast, another way that we are reaching the world and proclaiming that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Be listening in the coming days when we'll announce additional podcasts that you will definitely want to listen to. 
Ministry friend Larry Stamm has a Messianic Minute now to help us make biblical connections through a Jewish lens. Shalom, friends. Larry Stamm here with a Messianic Minute, Biblical Connections Through a Jewish Lens. In Ezekiel 18, the prophet declares the wages of sin in verses 4 and 18 with these familiar words, The soul who sins shall die. While the bad news of man's sin is clear and reiterated in the New Testament scriptures, the good news of God's salvation and gift of eternal life is found in the Lord Jesus. As Romans 5.8 states, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 6.23 exclaims, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank God we don't have to die in our sins, but can have eternal life by receiving his free gift through faith in Jesus. For more connections, visit our website at LarryStam.org or see our Larry Stam Ministries Facebook page. Marvin McIlvaney has been looking into the recent statements that the federal government may go door-to-door to ensure all are vaccinated. Find out what the Bible has to say about this controversial announcement in today's Bible in the News Report. There have been several people who have been credited with the saying, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it, or something like that. These people include Winston Churchill, Irish statesman Edmund Burke, and Spanish philosopher George Santa Anna. Studying history is necessary to avoid repeating past mistakes. Again, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. We who are alive today have the luxury of looking into the past. It sort of makes you wonder what they were thinking in 1939. They could look back on the First World War and not start the second, but they did. So the old adage is true. They didn't remember the First World War, so they started the second. But wait a minute, you say. Things were different in 1939. You can't compare the two. The Bible says that there is nothing new under the sun. War is war. It doesn't matter how it got started. But wait a minute. There are new things, like automobiles. They didn't have cars long ago, so that's new. Look at it this way. It's all about transportation. They had transportation long ago in the form of a horse. There was a guy who sold horses, just like today there's a guy who sells cars. Back then you could take a horse for a ride or just walk around him and check him out. You could look at the horse in the mouth. That's where the adage, never look a gift horse in the mouth, comes from. That would be rude. Never question the value of a gift. This refers to the practice of evaluating the age of a horse by looking at his teeth. This practice is also the source of the expression, long in the tooth, meaning old. When you go to buy a car, you can take it for a drive. You can kick the tires. You can test the air conditioning or the radio. Open the hood and take a look at the motor. Nowadays, people don't buy horses for transportation. They buy horses to ride for fun or maybe race them, but not daily transportation. In fact, these days, you can even buy a car on the Internet and have it delivered to you. So what do we need car salesmen for? For decades, many industries relied on door-to-door sales, both direct-to-customer and business-to-business. Now, unsolicited solicitations are not only unwanted, but in some areas are illegal unless a hard-to-come-by permit is obtained. And in light of the surge of social media and e-commerce, door-to-door sales is simply unwarranted. In fact, 
Door-to-door sales has been listed by Forbes as one of the top 10 dead or dying career paths. Randy Tivens, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Forest Land Corporation, said, Society no longer permits such a practice. Quote, I like to tell my newer sales trainees, the only folks who go door-to-door anymore with any amount of success are either poor kids selling candy from a large box or general real estate folks who are giving out pads of paper with their pictures on them to remind homeowners to use them if and when they decide to sell their homes, close quotes. If we look back in history, the idea of going door-to-door has become passe. It's no longer fashionable. It's outdated. In fact, it's a good way of starting a fight. Who wants to be awakened on a Saturday morning to listen to some guy trying to convince me to buy a magazine? In a related story, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki shocked viewers during a news conference when she declared that the Biden administration plans to go door-to-door to browbeat unvaccinated Americans to get their coronavirus injections. The alarming move is part of President Joe Biden's targeted plan to push the vaccine on those who haven't yet received it, she said. Saki said Biden would speak to the American people later about the importance of every eligible American getting vaccinated. The president will outline five areas his team is focused on to get more Americans vaccinated, she said. Number one on Biden's list, targeted community-by-community, door-to-door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated by ensuring they have the information they need on how both safe and accessible the vaccine is. What the president doesn't understand is that we already have all the information thanks to the internet. On the other hand, the mainstream media like MSNBC, CNN, and the like have all endorsed this wonderful idea. What a surprise. Twyla Brass, RN and president co-founder of Citizens Council for Health Freedom, does not plan on answering the door. Quote, if the government comes knocking on your door, the people inside should refuse to open the door, she says. The last thing you want is to be accosted at your home by a government agent who either wants to vaccinate you right there at your home or wants to have an argument or debate with you about why you have chosen not to be vaccinated. Representative Dan Crenshaw, Republican out of Texas, says, quote, How about don't knock on my door? You're the government. Make the vaccine available and let the people be free to choose. Why is that concept so hard for the left? Close quotes. Brass insists that this is not a position the government should ever be in and says, quote, This is not a job of the government to do this to the American people. Close quotes. Epidemiologist and professor Brian LeBus said this, quote, The way federal rules are written, if a drug or vaccine gets emergency use authorization, you cannot be required to get that particular product, said LeBus. Until we have the full FDA approval of the vaccines, we can't make them mandatory, LeBus reiterated. Nevada's higher education system, which oversees eight public colleges, announced they're working on a plan that would require all students on campus to be vaccinated. They made it clear that it's contingent upon the FDA lifting the emergency use authorization, and there's no telling how long that could take. Quote, you're mandating what is essentially an experimental treatment, said local trial attorney Dustin Marcello. He says not allowing EUA vaccines to be mandated protects the rights of citizens and protects companies from potential lawsuits. 
later on if there's some unknown complication that nobody could foresee, but you forced me to get this experimental thing when the emergency wasn't present for my situation, there could be some liabilities, he said. Marcelo says that liability wouldn't fall on the FDA or the vaccine makers, but the company or establishment that mandated it. However, he also says that there are some loopholes. Those schools and businesses can't directly make it mandatory while it's under emergency use authorization. They can tie it around voluntary or extracurricular activities such as sports or travel. Experts say full FDA approval of the vaccine can take up to 10 months or six months if it's expedited, but it could also be much longer. Imagine this scenario. You're awakened by someone banging on your door. You answer it, and standing before you are a doctor and a nurse and four military-type men. Good morning, they say. Have you had your COVID vaccine yet? So you tell them the truth. No, I haven't, and I don't plan on getting one. If anyone else is vaccinated, then they don't have to worry about me. If the others are afraid, then they can get the shot. If I get COVID, I'll be the one to deal with it. Immediately, they grab you and throw you to the ground. While the four soldiers hold you, the nurse wipes your arm with an alcohol swab and the doctor sticks the needle in. You're done. Okay, that's a little draconian and probably not going to happen. But in any event, if they do come to your door and ask questions, you're in the database. They know where you live and if you are or are not vaccinated. They may even describe your demeanor in their report, such as a family of four living at 1804 Longhorn Drive in Edmond, Oklahoma, are not vaccinated. The male was very rude, and we think perhaps he owns a gun. The woman was yelling and belligerent. Something like that. Now they know where you live, that you haven't been vaccinated, and that you're not very cooperative. Like the wise man said, those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. Here's an example of looking back on history. Quote, I was wakened by a banging and knocking at the front door, and when I looked out of the window, I saw three Nazis in uniform, carrying torches and clubs. Open this door, they ordered. I went straight downstairs, but they had already broken down the door. Now get dressed quickly and come with us, they said. I protested that I was a visitor and a British subject, but they said, that makes no difference. You're Jewish, and you are coming with us. I went upstairs, and one of them followed, watching every move. We had to dress with the door half open. They would not allow us to take any luggage, and at a quarter to three, we were let out. We were marched through the streets to the open market square. The square was already half filled with Jewish people lined up in rows, the men, women, and children in separate lines. We were kept there for three and a half hours, with Nazis pushing us back if we dared to move. They had a register of all the Jews in town, and they held a roll call to make sure we were all there. Every Jew in the town, Hungarian, Polish, German, British, was there. One old woman was so ill, she had to be carried. Close quotes. Do you think it can't happen here? Knocking on someone's door and asking a bunch of questions is a good way to start a fight. History says so. In the DVD, John the Baptist, Forerunner of Jesus, Michael Smith presents the most detailed story ever written about the life of John the Baptist. Order your copy of John the Baptist, Forerunner of Jesus today for a gift of $20 or more. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. 
On Friday's program, we continue to learn about John the Baptist and Greg Patton will be living in today's world. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.